Hello and welcome to the Roaming Runner podcast. This is a travel podcast where I not only share my travel tips and tricks, but also my stories and my experiences from traveling around the world, particularly from the point of view of an avid runner and surfer. If you're a runner, you know how challenging it can be to balance running while traveling. It's hard to stay in shape while traveling. I'll share how I do it, where I run in these places, and helpful hints to keep in mind while running and traveling. A little bit about myself. I've been running for over 12 years now. I run six days a week, an average of three to seven miles a day. So running is a huge part of my life. It's the first thing I do each morning when I wake up. I wake up, put my running clothes on, and try to get out the door as quickly as possible. I just like to go ahead and get that run in and then come back and start my day, have some breakfast, have some coffee, and get going. My husband and I have very active lifestyles. He's a big surfer. He grew up on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, so surfing for him is more of a way of life, a lifestyle, and it's become that for me as well. He also runs with me, but it's not really his thing like it is mine, but because I run so much, it's also become a big part of both of our schedules, so no matter where we go, if we're on the road, no matter how I'm feeling, what I'm doing, he knows that I'm going to go run. So it's something that's factored into our days no matter where we are. So this podcast is not only about traveling, but about how to take your passions on the road with you, how to do what you love when you're not at home. And that's my main focus, is to share how I do that, share our experiences, and share our stories of traveling together, traveling in all different places while doing what we love. As I mentioned, my husband and I both love to surf. A lot of our trips are planned around surfing and going places that have good waves, but not all of them. We travel for many different reasons. One thing that remains constant, though, is that no matter where we are, I'm going to get a run in. And that's something that's very special to me because I have seen many places from different angles, literally, because I'm getting out and running and I'm off the beaten path. I'm not walking through the town. I'm seeing different views and different parts of the town that you wouldn't normally see by getting out and running. So that's something that I'd like to share and just let people know that, you know, you can keep up with what you love to do while traveling, while seeing different parts of the world. Another thing is that this seems like it could be an awkward time to start a travel podcast as we're in the middle of a pandemic. However, I like to remain optimistic and say that this is as good of a time as ever because people are dreaming and hoping that they can travel soon or maybe they are traveling safely and cautiously and they're wanting to get back out there and hear stories from other people. So 
if you're like me, you're just ready to get back out there, get on the road, start booking flights, start traveling again, go to new places and find the best coffee shops, the best places to eat, new and local foods, find the best places to surf and the best running spots. And we are going to be able to do that again. We'll be able to start traveling hopefully soon, just cautiously and just very safe and mindful of our surroundings. So that being said, I am ready to go ahead and jump right in to our first episode. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this. I want to start this episode off with a quote Something that I feel is very appropriate for many people to hear, especially during these times and in life in general. A lot of people think that they cannot travel because it's too expensive and another reason being it's too hard to plan. But I know a lot of people saying, I don't have time to travel. I don't have the money to travel. But I just want to say that my husband and I have never been rich. We're not rich. But we still are able to budget accurately where we can go these places and we're sort of hustle in between, make some money and then go. And that's something that anybody can do. So I'm going to tell you this quote that I really like. And it is travel because money returns, time doesn't. And I'm not sure who the original author of that is, but I do want to give them a shout out because I love that and I feel like that's something that I strive to live by and that I feel like many people should take into consideration because it is so important to get out there, see the world, no matter if you're traveling one state over, one town over, or the next country over. It's just so good to have these experiences underneath your belt and see the world and see all these different amazing things that might not be in your own backyard. So that being said, I am going to talk about a place today that was really the beginning for me, the beginning of my passion for traveling, my passion for running and surfing in all these different places, and also was a huge milestone for me because it was one of my first trips out of the country and my first trip out of the country with my then boyfriend, now husband, which his name is Tristan. I'll just go ahead and say that just so if I happen to say Tristan, you'll know who I'm talking about. But it was our first trip together, big trip together, I should say. And this place was also my first stamp on my passport. I had previously been to Mexico, but it was during the time where you did not need a passport to get into Mexico. So I am going to be talking about a place that is so near and dear to me, and that place is Costa Rica. If you've ever been to Costa Rica, you probably agree with me that it is one of the most amazing places. It's so beautiful. And it's so lovely. Everything about it, I personally just adored. And if you're unfamiliar, Costa Rica is a Central American country. 
and you can get to it fairly easily from the United States from many different airports and different airlines fly there now. When we planned on going to Costa Rica, it was sort of funny the way that it worked out because my husband and his friends had planned a five-month vacation, or not vacation, but a trip down to Costa Rica, mainly to surf, and they rented a house for five months, split amongst the five of them. And it was planned right before we started dating, right before we got really serious. So, of course, it was something that he was sort of freaking out about because we got very serious very quickly. And he's like, oh, I'm about to go out of the country for this long. And I was like, you know what? We're going to work this out. And I really want to go to Costa Rica. So I'm so down to go. And of course, he was all in for that. So my husband ended up going to Costa Rica at the end of the year, trying to just get everything straightened out, getting the house ready you know, getting everything settled in. That way, when I came after the holidays, um, you know, we would be able to kind of just enjoy and have everything ready and have everything that we needed there. So he actually went to Costa Rica before I did with his friends and stayed for about a month and a half. He came back for the holidays and we went back together in January. And at the time, I was living in Wilmington, North Carolina, and there were many airports around, or are many airports around. There's the Island Wilmington Airport, there's Myrtle Beach Airport, and then there's always bigger airports like Raleigh RDU Airport. So getting there to Costa Rica, first of all, should have been easier than what it was. And I'll get into a huge, maybe one of the biggest travel mishaps I had when it came to flying to Costa Rica, which was a mixture of many different things, mainly weather playing a part in our airline, um, canceling the flight. But I will talk about that in a later episode. I mainly just want to talk about Costa Rica in general, and I will mention that We eventually got there, but we had to fly separately. And once I arrived in San Jose, none of that mattered. I flew out of, ended up flying out of Raleigh Durham Airport, and I arrived in San Jose by myself with my husband um, coming to pick me up, him and his friends, which we actually had a car while we were there. They bought a car during that time that he went down there originally. We had an 60 or 78 Toyota Tercel. So it was very old. The floorboard was pretty much rusted out. Like in one spot, you could almost see the road as you were driving. But that didn't matter because it got us where we needed to go. Anyways, they picked me up from the airport in San Jose, and when I arrived there, it was such a total shock to me. It was my first time experiencing culture shock. It was an amazing experience, but also sort of scary at the same time, only because when I arrived there, they were not there quite yet. I came into the airport, and a lot of the locals were 
trying to either grab my bags to put in a taxi or kind of shuffle me towards their taxi. And I had to say, no necesito, like not necessary. I don't need a taxi. I'm being picked up. And I knew very little Spanish then. And now I probably even know even less, unfortunately. But I knew a lot of the, um, you know, regular conversation Spanish that I needed to know to get around. And my husband actually was pretty fluent in common Spanish. So it was, we were able to get around and do what we needed to do. But they picked me up at the airport and we uh, went to Playa Hermosa that night, which was about an hour and 40 minute drive and it's sort of sketchy at night in my opinion driving in another country and I'm sure many people would agree if they done it but um especially in another country where the primary language is different from yours it was Spanish and um (laughs) We ended up getting to Playa Hermosa, and this is um, Playa Hermosa in the Punta Arenas province, because there are two, the one that is right south of Jaco, and that's where the house was that we were staying in that they rented for five months, and it was an amazing drive from what I could see, even though it was dark. Um, We were, as I mentioned, there in January uh, to almost the 1st of March, which is their dry season. So if you're going to Costa Rica to see luscious, bountiful waterfalls and other things like that, I wouldn't necessarily recommend going when we did. Even though we did see some of that, it was just that they were a little bit more dried up by that time. Um, it's very hot and dry there during that time period. Um, when we arrived in Playa Hermosa, I was thinking, you know, I'm sure I'm going to wake up in the morning and see this amazing view. Uh, we were staying on top of a mountain right off of Calle Hermosa, which is a road once you get past like all the main business businesses in Uh, Playa Hermosa, there's a road that goes off to the left, and we were down that road, and then off of that, pretty much straight up a mountain on top of the mountain, and I did wake up the next morning, and everything, all the stress, all the emotions I was feeling about being in a new place sort of went away. It was just an amazing view. You could see the beach from the front porch and everything was just pretty much perfect to be honest and it just made me realize you know I am so lucky I'm so lucky to be here and I just can't wait to have all these experiences in the next month and a half. Most days in Costa Rica were pretty similar for us. My mornings were usually spent running or exercising pretty early, and then I would come back and have coffee and breakfast on the porch. We would usually plan out our day, get our boards together, and head to the beach to surf most of the day. Then in the afternoons, we would go into town if needed to shop or get some groceries, then come back and have dinner, and most evenings were spent at the house. Since most of my mornings were pretty similar, 
spent running usually first thing I want to go ahead and get into running in Costa Rica and running in general when you're in an unfamiliar area particularly while you're traveling so I'm going to start with some general rules that I recommend when you're running in an unfamiliar area the first thing I like to say is to always be aware of your surroundings If possible, don't run alone. If you can run with a partner, I always recommend doing that. Another thing is to always run with pepper spray. And always have your phone with you. I've made that mistake a couple times where I did not run with my phone and I definitely regretted it. So always run with your phone just in case of emergency or if you get lost, you'll have it if you need it. Also, have a general idea of where you are and where you're going before you leave the house. That way you can share that with someone. That way someone besides you knows where you're going and where you are if, if they need to know. Not to scare you, but you just always want to have these things in mind. That way you can be prepared when you're somewhere that you're not too familiar with. Particularly... When you're running in Costa Rica, just always bring some water with you because in Costa Rica, it is so, so incredibly hot and so dry. You're usually excessively sweating and it's just nice to be able to rehydrate as needed. It's better to bring it than to wish you would have brought it. And keep in mind that you're not supposed to drink tap water there, so it's best to have bottled water handy whenever needed. Also, one thing to keep in mind about Costa Rica, and particularly in the Playa Hermosa area where I was most of the time, is there are a lot of loose dogs. And whether they're pets or wild dogs, I always would just stop And if they came up to me, I would just let them sniff me and I would keep going. But if I kept running, it was typically a pattern that they would keep running after me. Most of them, luckily, were not aggressive or didn't seem to want to bother me. They were just kind of curious. So just keep in mind if you're running there um, in the Playa Hermosa area that you may run into that and that you might just want to stop let them sniff you, then keep going. Also, just keep in mind that there's a bunch of different types of wildlife in this area that you may not be used to, whether it be snakes or spiders, other things like birds, and just try to avoid a lot of that if possible. Luckily, I didn't run into any of those frequently, but I did a couple times. And when it comes to spiders, there's a lot of different types of spiders. And if you don't like spiders like I do, I actually despise them, then you do want to keep your distance, okay? Just keep your distance from any type of arachnids or any um, any reptiles, really. Um, another thing that I want to point out about Playa Hermosa in regards to running is... If possible, I recommend running on the beach. And this is mainly because running up and down the beach 
there's usually people around and um, also there's just quite a bit of beach so you're able to run far if that's what you're trying to do without getting on any busy roads. Now keep in mind that the main strip of Playa Hermosa um, there's a bunch of businesses right there on the beach so there's always people around if something were to happen and you needed to get a hold of someone and you could always start there and run kind of out of town on the beach towards there's a bunch of houses and condos that way and then you could always come back. So that's what I did a lot of days. But I do want to say that my first few days in Costa Rica I actually broke some of my own rules. And I guess I should say that that's why I made these rules is because I learned from some mistakes from this first trip out of the country. And mainly it was just me thinking, you know, I got to get this run in no matter what. And I wasn't exactly putting my safety first. So sorry, mom and dad, if you've never heard this before. But for the first couple of days in Costa Rica, Tristan would get up and run with me. But after a few days, he wasn't really dying to get up as early as I was trying to get out, you know, before the sun came up. Because that's another thing when you're running there, you do want to get out at sunrise if possible because it is too hot to run during the day there. It is way, way, way too hot. So I always recommend trying to get up early or waiting till late. I don't recommend running in the dark there. But if you can, try to run around sunrise. And if you can get out around when the sun's coming up, you can usually, you know, get back at a decent time before it's just too exhausting. Um, but as I was saying, Tristan ran with me for the first couple of days there. He slowly got tired of it, which, you know, when you're not used to running every day, I get that. But, you know, I could have waited until later in the day when he wanted to go, like if he wanted to go at night, but I just wanted to get it in and I wanted to get it done. So there were some days that I said, you know what, I'm going to run by myself. So therefore I broke some of my rules already. As I mentioned in the beginning, we were staying at this house that was on top of a mountain. You literally had to hike down, leaning backwards on your way down, locking your knees. This is how steep that road was. So each day, each morning, coming, leaving and coming back, I had to deal with this. But I would run down the mountain, and then that probably took at least 10 minutes in itself, And then I would get to the road that I mentioned, the Calle Hermosa. And once I got on that dirt road, there were a bunch of houses alongside and there was a cow pasture. So that was really pretty to look at. And that area felt fairly safe. And another thing I want to point out is that everybody in this area was very kind and very friendly to us when we were there. But just like anywhere, you just... You never know, and you just always want to be prepared for whatever could happen. So I got on this um, Calle Hermosa road, and I, I would run past the cow pastures every morning. That was really nice. You could look right past that, and it was the highway, and then some palm trees, and then the beach. I would run to the end of this road, and then I would come out to the highway. And it wasn't too far from the end of town where this road came out 
onto Highway 34. So if you just swung a quick right, you were pretty much back in town. And there was a restaurant and hotel called Backyard Bar and Grill and Hotel. And where that hotel came on the beach, you could cut over on the beach right there, right past the hotel. And you could get be on the beach within a couple minutes once you got onto the highway right there. So I definitely don't recommend running along the highway, of course, as you know, pretty much anywhere. You don't want to run on the highway or on busy roads if you can avoid it. But I would get on the beach and then take a left once I got on the beach. And I would run quite a ways down, then come back and just go right back up towards the house. And that that mountain road was so, so steep. So sometimes I would end up walking that. And you would literally almost just have to like bend over and almost just slowly crawl back up to the house. So it was definitely challenging running there, but it was beautiful. I mean, I saw, as I mentioned, I saw, you know, beautiful scenery every morning on the beach. I found whole sand dollars, a bunch of different shells. So around that area, I definitely recommend running on the beach. If for some reason you don't like running on the beach, because I know that if it's not exactly the right tide, I don't necessarily love it. There is a road, if you can picture this, if you were to, as I mentioned, come out on the highway and that backyard hotel is right there, there is a road that runs kind of split forks off of the highway kind of like a back road that runs alongside the beach right there and there's a bunch of houses there's a surf spot called the tree so if you know that general area that road runs alongside the beach and kind of wraps around there's a bunch of houses and condos and some popular surf spots up the way you could run along that road because it was Enough traffic where if you needed something, there were people around, and then also it wasn't too busy where there were a lot of crazy drivers. So that's another place that you could run, but I would always recommend just doing the beach if possible just because it felt safest to me. So those are some of my tips for running and in general and running specifically in Costa Rica. So next, I want to get into some more exciting stuff about particular restaurants and places that we enjoyed going to and seeing while we were in Playa Hermosa. So, as I just mentioned, Backyard Bar and Grill, that is an amazing restaurant on the beach where you can sit and have some food or a drink while enjoying the beautiful scenery, people surfing, and just have a good time. They had a lot of the classic Costa Rican dishes, uh, such as gallo pinto, which is just a rice and bean combination, but it is delicious, so I definitely recommend getting that when you're there. Um, Their huevos rancheros uh, for breakfast was so good, and everything there was pretty inexpensive I would say also it was a great place to enjoy the national beer of Costa Rica which is imperial or an imperial light if you choose but it was a good place to sit there have a drink have a refreshment if you needed a little break from the beach 
So I highly recommend Backyard Bar and Grill. I think that was our favorite spot there. Another place that I want to talk about is a bakery in Playa Hermosa where I had to this day one of the best, actually the best cinnamon roll I've ever had. And that was from Bluegrass Bakery in Playa Hermosa. It was so, 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 so good. And if you're in Playa Hermosa, you have to go here. The owner was from the States. He was from either Kentucky or Tennessee, I believe. And he used organic ingredients. And they were almost vegan, if I remember correctly, maybe except for one ingredient. And these cinnamon rolls were seriously just out of this world. So you have to go there if you're in Playa Hermosa. Another thing that we enjoyed when we were in Costa Rica, we're going to sodas. And sodas are little establishments on the sides of highways and roads that are restaurants you can just pull over to and go in and either pick out what you want and sit down or be waited on. And most of these had similar menus offering typical Costa Rican dishes. And if I remember, they were pretty inexpensive, most of the ones that we went to. We actually stopped at a soda on the way to the Tarcoles River, which is about 30 minutes outside of Playa Hermosa. And the Tarcoles River is a very popular destination spot for tourists to go to when they're in Costa Rica because you can walk out on this bridge and look down to the river and see these huge, huge crocodiles. These crocodiles are like dinosaurs. They're, some of them are 15 foot long and four feet wide. I mean, they're just so big. And it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. I remember being so shocked. I've seen many alligators here in the area that I live in, which is Brunswick County, North Carolina. I live in Oak Island. And these alligators here are just nothing like those saltwater crocodiles there. Those crocodiles are just huge. And unlike here, you have to think that being saltwater creatures, they're going to be in the ocean some. I feel like it's pretty rare, but I do know that there's been some sightings by surfers there in the water or in the ocean while you're surfing. So that's pretty freaky, but just something to keep in mind Um, or not if you don't want to be thinking about that while you're surfing there. Uh, Another thing that I want to talk about is If you're going to be in Playa Hermosa for an extended period of time like we were, we're not going to go out to eat every night. So we did go into the next town up, which was Hako, every so often to do some grocery shopping, go to the stores and the markets there. And if we wanted to do some shopping, and there were quite a few restaurant options there, It didn't have, in my opinion, the small town beach vibe like Playa Hermosa has. But I know that when some people go to Costa Rica, they do stay in Jaco just because there's more there. However, out of the two places, Playa Hermosa gets my vote 
blows it way out of the park in my opinion compared to Hako. I I just loved Playa Hermosa. But Hako had quite a few things that you might need when you're in the area. There was um a couple chain grocery stores there. One that we went to most of the time if we needed specific products. Um Mas Permanos and I believe it's owned by Walmart, actually. But you could go there and get a lot of the things you may need because they had um, some American brands in there and also just a wide selection of things that you might need, whether it be toiletries or food, anything. So we went to Mos Perenos quite quite a bit, actually. Right around the corner from Mos Perenos was... A couple markets that we went to there were um two main ones one was pretty much just a fruit stand and it was on the main road of Hako if you were to go past Mas Permanos take a right there was a fruit stand there where we got a lot of fresh fruit and the fruit in Costa Rica is so good so you definitely need to get some fruit from the fruit stand or if you're just driving along the highway and you see coconut trees or any type of tree that's not on a business or a personal property and you think you can get to it highly recommend doing that um, but, and while I'm along these lines, I do want to point out that you have to have a pipa when you're in Costa Rica. Pipas are the small, baby, juicy, sweet coconuts, and they're so good and so refreshing and so hydrating. So definitely have a pipa when you're there. But also right around the corner from this fruit stand, was um, a butcher that if you're buying any meats, I recommend going to because we ended up getting cheaper prices. And I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it right now, but I believe it was one of the few there and definitely the most popular one there. So if you're in the area, just look up um, a butcher and try try them out because they have good meats for typically cheaper prices than what you'll get in the big supermarkets. Hako is also the spot for surfboard rentals and any surfing gear that you may need. They had a couple surf shops, so that was the spot to go to for anything like that. Also, if you're there for a holiday like we were and you need a place to go for a nice date, fine dining, a good seafood restaurant. We were went to a place because we were there for our first Valentine's Day, which was really awesome. And we went to a restaurant on the water in Hako. It was really nice. It was called El Hikako. I hope I'm saying that right. But it was a seafood restaurant and it was really, really good from what I remember. So that's a good recommendation for a nice date night when you're there in that area. Also, if you're coming home one night from Hako or you're going there in the late afternoon to Hako from Playa Hermosa, on the way you have to stop and see the view from the cliffs when you're going along the highway. It's an amazing view, so beautiful, so worth stopping. We did that a couple times and it was just 
gorgeous in the afternoons. The sunset was so beautiful there. So definitely check that out. Also, one thing I'll mention that you have to have in Costa Rica is batidos, which is just smoothies in Costa Rica. That's what they're called. They're so good, but the fruit is so fresh and it tastes amazing. And usually it's some cool combinations of fruits that you may not think would be good together, but they're actually like so tasty and fresh and just so delicious. So definitely stop and get a batidos if you see a place to get one, which there is one in Hako that I really enjoyed. When you're coming into town on the main road, I remember it being off on the left. So if you're in Hako, keep an eye out for that because it was very, very good. I could go on and on about this area in Costa Rica. I absolutely loved it. But since I hit some major highlights, talking about running there, some restaurants that you should try, some markets in the area, and also just some cool spots to visit, I am going to go ahead and wrap it up. My next episode is going to be about surfing in Costa Rica, a full surfing guide where I talk about some places that we caught some amazing waves and just about surfing while you're in the country. So I hope you found this information useful and I hope you enjoy the podcast and just keep in mind that it is possible to stay in shape and to keep up with your running while you're traveling and I can't wait to explore that with you. So for now, that's it from The Roaming Runner. Thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you next episode.